When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Nice to have you in here, out there, all around the world. Welcome, welcome, one and all, Monsieur and Madame, to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert, and I... I'll tell you what... I got an attitude of gratitude right now, and the people I want to thank are this audience for being here tonight after weathering... These people... After weathering the aggressive flurries outside, you're the heroes. I just wish we had thought ahead to turn up the heat in here. (laughs) Of course, there's uh, bad weather all over the place. Massive snow up in New England. Out in California, they've been hit with something called an atmospheric river. Coincidentally, also my favorite scent from Paco Rabanne. (laughs) This river has caused torrential rains and devastating floods like this one which is yet another reason why some California banks are underwater. (laughs) Something, something has... (laughs) Mixed reaction from the audience. (laughs) Something has clearly thrown off the balance of our planet. Maybe it's global warming. Maybe it's the fact that the former president made his first Iowa visit for the 2024 (laughs) campaign. This is the moment I've been dreading for over two years. I said I would never do the impression anymore, but the campaign has begun, so here we go. Meh, see, I used to be president, see, meh. Person, woman, man, camera, TV, meh. I'll work on it. Oh, no. No, no. I love pity, but not that much. I will... I'll work on it. The former president started uh, talking to the press before his plane even landed, specifically about his former vice president and child's drawing of a sad man, Mike Pence. (laughs) Over the weekend at the, uh, what's it called? Gridiron dinner, uh, Mike Pence said history will hold the former president accountable for January 6th, but the former president found someone else to blame, telling reporters, had Pence sent the votes back to the legislatures they wouldn't have had a problem with January 6th. So in many ways, you can blame Pence for January 6th. No, 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 no. He's right. In many ways, Mike Pence is to blame for the crowd trying to hang him. I mean, (laughs) did you see what his neck was wearing? I mean, that Adam's apple left nothing to the imagination. The former president continued, had he sent the ballots back, I believe you wouldn't have had January 6th, as we call it. 
as we call it, it's a day. We've always called January 6th, January 6th, because that's the day it is. You know what? I'm going to grill us up some hot dogs, light some fireworks, and celebrate a little thing I call the 4th of July. <laughs> Trademark. <laughs> Former president also went after his chief 2024 rival, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, whom he claimed is in the national spotlight only because of the former president's 2018 endorsement, saying, if it weren't for me, Ron DeSanctimonious would right now probably be working at a law firm or maybe a pizza hut. (laughs) Or if he was really ambitious, a combination law firm pizza hut. You know their slogan, no one out pizzas Schaeferman, Lakin, and Associates. <laughs> Hello, I'd like to order a large meat lover's divorce. <laughs> Ooh, garlic knots. <laughs> Former president also explained his new nickname for DeSantis, saying, I use the word Ron DeSanctimonious or Ron DeSanctus. It's just a shorter version, yes. Because <laughs> all nicknames need a nickname. <laughs> They call me T-Bone, which is, of course, short for Tyrannosaurus Bone. (laughs) The former president is clearly losing his nickname game because he already has the perfect nickname for DeSanctus that he's rejected, and it's Meatball Ron. (laughs) Which he says is too crude. Yeah, he says a lot of nasty things, but he draws the line at meatballs. (laughs) That is sacred ground. Beef, pork, veal, lamb. (laughs) (laughs) When it came time for his speech, the former president bragged about almost having done something. I virtually eliminated the unfair estate tax or death tax. If you love your children, you can leave your farm to your kids. If you don't like your kids that much, or if you don't like them at all, which happens on occasion, don't leave them a thing. Hey, Dad's talking about me. (laughs) Thanks for the... Dad, it's me. Thanks for the shout-out, Dad. The only thing I want you to leave me is a hug. (laughs) Or Or just... Or just slip me in the casket with you. Kind of dark, huh? Kind of sad. Thank you. The ex-president isn't the only one out there raising his profile. DeSantis was on Fox News this weekend talking to the brown-haired guy who's not Steve Ducey about what he learned from playing baseball in college. Locker room gets you ready for the press, right? Because your teammates, if they like you a lot, they rip you all the time. The way you know that people like, like you is if they're making fun of you. Well then, Ron DeSantis, I'm about to be your best friend. <laughs> In fact, I like you so much, I'm going to say you look like a Frankenstein stitched together from dead personal injury lawyers. (laughs) Now, you may be wondering, why was that interview outside? Well, because Ron DeSantis wants to connect with everyday sport-loving Americans, so he played catch in a literal softball interview. Although, you'll notice throughout the segment, the editors cut away so that you don't actually see the ball being thrown and caught in the same shot. 
Now, that's a weird way to show two guys tossing a ball, but I'm sure it was a real game of catch. <laughs> that's just how we do it on TV. For instance, Lewis and I have a catch almost every night. Mm -hmm. hey, hey, Lewis, catch. Nice toss, Steven. <laughs> Thanks. Go long. Let me on. <laughs> you got the arm. Smoking, smoking that fish in. Uh, speaking of Europe, uh, we've got news from Rome because this week Pope Francis suggested he'll review the Catholic Church's vow of celibacy for priests. Now, I don't think that's that big of a deal. I mean, there are not a lot of sexy priests. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, frock me. <laughs> just wait, just, is this true? Just a moment. I'm being told we forgot one hot priest. <laughs> Forgive me, Father, for I have zaddied. <laughs> so, the pontiff pontificated, saying celibacy in the Western Church is a temporary prescription. And when a pope says temporary, he means since the 11th century. <laughs> For the Catholic Church, a thousand years is yesterday. It's why they still haven't adopted the cutting-edge technology of pants. <laughs> now, folks, for this next story, I, I owe you an apology on behalf of myself and on behalf of the mainstream media for woefully failing you. While we were busy talking about bank failures and a land war in Europe, we have not given sufficient scrutiny to the story that was broken by the Tallahassee Democrat over two weeks ago. That story, a large clam was discovered in Florida. <laughs> It's the kind of story you don't see every day unless you're in Florida, where there are a good number of large clams. <laughs> As I'm sure you're now all aware, thanks to the report in the New York Post just yesterday, this is no ordinary large clam. This one is believed to be born in 1809, the same year as our 16th president, which is why it got the nickname Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> now, <laughs> so far, it all checks out. So far, everything checks out. I just have one problem with this story. We've all seen the sensationalist reporting. Abraham is giant, huge, massive. Okay, that sounds like one big mother shucker. But I'm about to blow the lid off this clam because we have now learned that while most ocean clams have a shell length of about two to four inches long, this so-called behemoth clocked in at a mere six inches. <laughs> And don't tell me it's because the water's cold. It's Florida. <laughs> and it's not even the type of clam we all originally were told it was. Turns out Abra clam is a southern quahog, even though the media falsely reported it was an ocean quahog, which would have been exciting because those are normally found between Newfoundland and North Carolina, which means this mollusk found along the Gulf of Mexico was far from home. Here's your first hint that this was one fishy mollusk. The idea that clams travel. <laughs> the only place clams are going is onto a bed of linguine. <laughs> and most shocking of all, it seems that after the surge of media coverage of Abra clam, its age of 214 years old is questionable. And they now think the clam is between 107 and 214 years old, but one clam expert suspected it might be even younger. And I just want to say this. The only thing more heartbreaking than the lies we were fed in this story is growing up to be a clam expert. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> yeah, you got there. So, uh, uh, what does your son do? Uh, he's a marine biologist. Amazing. Does he work with dolphins? I'm going to say yes. <laughs> we got a great show for you tonight. Coming up, Reggae Champagne. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, my first guest is an actor you know as the breakout star of season one of Bridgerton. You can see him in the new movie, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Please welcome to The Late Show, Reggae Jean Page! Please, have a seat. Nice to see you. Thank you for being here. Uh... Very, very welcome. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's my pleasure. I've never had a chance to interview before. Um, no, as you can tell from the... From it is the, yours. Are, we we shipped in some hoot owls. Now, <laughs> as, as you can tell from the reaction of the audience, even when I just said your name a little bit earlier, um, uh, people still remember you quite fondly uh, from season one of Bridgerton. Um, multiple parts of you from the season of Bridgerton. That show is such a phenomenon. I mean, it's hard to see something like that coming in your career, but when did you know that your so career had changed based on that? Um, when did I know my career had changed? I mean, there were a couple of moments. I remember when we were shooting Dungeons & Dragons, we were in Belfast, and I remember landing in the airport, and it's, it's a relatively small airport. How long ago were we talking here? Uh, this is two years ago at this okay. point. Um, so this is March, maybe, of 2021, and Bridgerton yeah. hit, like, over Christmas. Yeah. And I remember landing in Northern Ireland. I got into the car, the ride from the airport, and the driver turned on the radio, and they were running a competition to find me. They were like, Regis on Page is in town. Uh, call us if you know where he is. Just so that... Wow. So I just kind of holed up in the hotel for, like, two, three months. I just basically didn't leave my room. Oh, wow. Um, so it's, it's, it's a bit of a mixed blessing. Like, y'all are sure. lovely and give me lots and lots of attention, and y'all are lovely and give me lots and lots of attention. Yeah. <laughs> did anybody find you? Uh, no, I hid in my room. Actually, no, a couple of people did. Um, the, uh, <laughs> folks are very, very friendly in Belfast. Yes. Um, and very forthcoming. And so it's not yeah. like anyone kind of did sneak pictures. They just kind of ran off and grabbed me and were just like, welcome to Belfast! And I was like, ah, hello, thank you, thank you so much. Um, but yeah, a couple of folks found me, but I mostly just kind of kept it quiet. It was a very weird inversion where set used to be like the extraordinary place. Like I'd go into set... And that'd be the place where, like, dreams happen and, like, everything was odd and they got to play Hollywood and then you go home and you sit in the coffee shops and life's normal. And then after Bridgerton, set was where people treated me normally and I just went to work and I kind of, you know, had interactions with my workmates. Wow. And the public became the performance space because that's where I'm being watched all day long, you know? Right. And so there's a very, very odd flip that happened that I'm still kind of learning how to navigate um, kind of with grace because you want to meet people. Sure. And you want to share in the joy that you give people. That's the reason you do the job. And you're gr grateful you know? that they like your work. Of course. Hugely, hugely yeah. grateful. Um, and so it's just learning kind of how to share that energy mm -hmm. when you're out and kind of you take that one little extra step 
mm. and kind of take a breath and then you walk out the front door and you're ready to meet folks and you're ready to share the thing that you created together. Because I do really believe that even on television, like on stage, yes, everyone's present and you're having this conversation. But even on TV, there is a shared aspect to that thing you make. The reason Bridgerton was such a sensation is that there was something that gave us a sense of community, communal escapism, mm -hmm. when we were all kind of trapped in our own little bubbles. And I think mm -hmm. that that's something very special and something to be treated with, with care and, and gratitude, as you said. A lot of surprising things when you become famous. In January, a plastic surgeon over in the UK declared that you're the most handsome man in the world, given your face's alignment. Legally, I have to ask you about this. Giving your face's alignment with something called the Greek Golden Ratio, was, was this news for you, or we were like, about damn time someone noticed? <laughs> I mean, that was news to me. That's not the conversation I have with myself in the mirror every morning. I'm no, not like, yes. that guy is just, nah. It was, it was a bit of an ambush headline. Sure. Like, it's that thing where you, you do a show, mm -hmm. and you know you're going to ride the press cycle. Like, people are going to be looking out for you a little more mm -hmm. while you're on the Dungeons & Dragons press tour, while you're talking yes. about a movie, when Bridgerton's just come out. Right. But at this point, like, I'd just kind of finally ridden this thing and I was sitting at home feeling a little bit relaxed. We were in a lull before I do this. Yes. Um, and then there was just this ambush headline, like, bam, everyone's looking at you again. And I was like, I didn't even ask for this. I had no idea. I had no idea that I was apparently scientifically... It's, it was... <laughs> oh, you came so close. Same, so close to giving people a clip they could play later. Good for you for stopping yourself. Good for you, but let me, let me ask you this. Are there any actors and actresses that you work with that you find distractingly attractive? And don't worry, if you don't name Chris Pine, he won't be upset. Because he's a good-looking guy. Chris Pine is stunning and smells delicious. Yes. I think that's what well, people. Here's what people don't know at home. You smell fantastic. Is that Paco Rabanne's atmospheric river you're wearing? <laughs> well, what is it? What is it? Yes. That, is, that is grievous slander. It is Armani Code. Armani yeah, Code? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're very kind to say so. You smell very good yourself. Thank you. It's, little, uh, little it's decaf whiff. coffee. <laughs> it's a decaffeination that does it. Mm -hmm. That's what no one knows about Bridgerton. Phoebe and I both had horrendous coffee breath the whole way through. Oh, we, really? had, we made a pact early on. It's, it's one of the things that you do. You approach your other actor and you go, hey, so this scene's after lunch. What yes. are our rules? Are we no onions? Are we no garlic? Uh, do, no do, we have to, do I have to get the coffee in early? And yes. then we both were like, actually, I really like coffee, so I don't mind that on you. But it was like, thank God. So we had a coffee safe space the whole way through that show. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> Now, I've, I, I, got, I, got, I, got a, I got another question here, and that is about uh, Dungeons & Dragons' honor among thieves. Mm -hmm. Okay, now, I want to get to Dungeons & Dragons in just a moment and, and, and the movie, because I'm a huge D&D &D fan. And, uh, but this, this other headline, this is a quote from you, so you actually do have to answer the, for this one. In Entertainment Weekly, it says, Reggae Jean Page says, he had the best ass of my life <laughs> making Dungeons & Dragons. Now... I just want to point out to you is that you were already admired for your posterior and your generosity of sharing with us in Bridgerton. But why did it get better? Why did you improve? Why did you gild, gild the lily, shall we say? How did it get better in Dungeons and Dragons? I'm only quoting you. Uh, why did I gild that lily? Um, very occasionally, yes, give the people what they want. Uh, but beyond that, no, it was same as everyone else, squats. 
Essentially... Why uh, was there so much squatting in Dungeons & Dragons? Because there was a lot of sword fighting in Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, and on top okay. of that, it was sword fighting in tons of armour and a very heavy cape. We broke the, broke the Edna Mode rule. We wore the cape. It's so impractical and so heavy. Wow. Um, but sword fighting is just a lot of, like, squat stances. Oh, like, so yeah, a lot of... Yeah, crab yeah. walking. Deep plies. Lots of very, very deep plies. Wow. Um, and, you know, occasionally that means you've got to refit the costume because you find that out just that little bit better. Your ass is just bumping up a little bit. <laughs> Your so how long has it been since you wrapped on those dragons? How long is it since you shot it? Uh, it's almost two years at this point. I think we were filming through March, April, May 2021. So almost two years. Yeah. Have you checked in on your ass lately? How's it going? I mean, we don't tend to have deep and meaningful conversations on the no. regular, so I'm, I'm Do not Do you have sure. anybody check on it every so often just to make sure that it's still, you know... I mean, you can ask the couch after I'm gone. See what it says. <laughs> we have experts here if you'd like to just have a judge right now. We have to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with more Reggae Jean Page, everybody. Don't go away. Late Show Poncho listeners can get 20% off on all Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise on ParamountShop.com. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show shirts, mugs, accessories, and more with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com. Hey, everybody. We're back here with the star of Dungeons & Dragons, Reggae Jean Page, in the movie. Um, who do you play? And what happens? Is, is it a quest with, like, a, you know... A, a party of people, like a magic user and a fighter and a cleric yeah. and a thief and stuff like I mean, that. It's a relatively well-balanced party. As like a, a player yourself, you'll know that um, no one respects healers, so we have no healer in the party. There's no cleric? There's no cleric. Oh, wow. Sophia was, was writing us all for this in no uncertain terms. She's brutal when that, when that woman criticizes you. Um, but no, we have a relatively balanced party. There's a paladin, a barbarian, a very horny bard, um, a sorcerer, uh, and a rogue. And a rogue, okay. Hugh Grant, who you're going to be speaking to very soon. Sure. Who is as roguish as they come. Yes, absolutely. And you're the paladin? I'm the paladin. I am a painfully righteous, incredibly stoic, thoroughly charming, uh, ridiculously heroic man in shiny armor and a cape, um, which is really, really fun because you get to kind of be the straight man to whom everyone else bounces off. They've done this inversion where I would be the hero in any other movie. Jonathan Goldstein, one of our directors, talks about it. It's almost like this character wandered in from, the par- the, from another lot on the lot um, like shooting a really serious fantasy movie and then just blunders upon these idiots making the Dungeons and Dragons movie <laughs> and just spends most of the movie very, very, very confused by that. Uh, but there's something really cool about the guy who should be the hero. He doesn't get to enjoy any of the fun because he's taking it all so seriously. Because lawful good, man. Lawful good, bordering on lawful boring, but he does his best. <laughs> well, we have a clip here. Can you tell us what's going on? Yes. Okay, you guys had the clip um, where we are about... It's a, it's a very D&D in joke, but it's also very funny where we're approaching a trapped fantasy bridge and there's a very, very specific set of rules that you have to follow in order to solve this problem. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it illustrates what I was talking about here, that there's more than one solution to a problem. Jim? The bridge is protected by an ancient gnomish trap. There is a precise formula we must follow so as not to trigger the mechanism. What's the formula? It's quite simple. Starting from the center, use odd-numbered blocks only, moving forward with each step except for every fifth step, which must be a lateral move. Left or right, it matters not, so long as the leader and the laggard remain equidistant. At the midpoint, we switch to even-numbered blocks. Same pattern except now lateral move off to the fourth step, until we reach the three...
I may have triggered the mechanism. So, sorry. Well, I'll be there. Lovely to meet you. Thank you for being here, Ray Jean. Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, opens in theaters on March 31st. Reggae Jean Page, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Just one more thing. If you want to see more of me, come to The Late Show YouTube channel for more clips and exclusives. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Now you can feel like you're in the audience at the Ed Sullivan Theater with official Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise at ParamountShop.com. Shop t-shirts, mugs, accessories, and more, and Late Show Pod Show listeners can take 20% off with code TLS20. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show products with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com.